Welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast, where you'll get the tools for him to overcome his addiction, for her to find healing from the pain that it causes her, and for you to heal your relationship and come back together. I hope that you enjoy and subscribe. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. I'm looking forward to today because I want to do kind of like a sequel to what I talked about last episode, which is today I want to talk about the 90-day blueprint to helping relationships heal and move forward and create the kind of marriage or relationship that somebody wants. And so last time I talked about the 90-day blueprint for what you need to do to overcome addiction within those 90 days and get tools in place and truly find freedom which is absolutely possible. And I just, I've had some uh, first sessions. I take on probably, I don't know, around four clients a month. So not very many, because my goal is to just pour into the clients that I have. And whenever I take somebody on, I work with them for 12 sessions typically. You can call me or text me in between sessions. Like I just, I want to make sure that clients are getting results. And so I had the chance to work with a couple new people over the last couple of weeks. And it's, uh, I have a mentor who likes to call these, like he calls these sessions that we have with people. He says, you get to see these little miracles in each session. And so I, I love, I, when, as soon as he said that, I'm like, yes, that's exactly true. Cause as I see people making these changes and they come in and talk about, Hey, I'm struggling here, or I have this negative belief here, or my shame makes me feel like I'm a bad person to have a session to just like shift those things is such a cool thing to see. And it's even more cool for the people who have these experiences where there really is a change. And so the reason why I'm making these couple of episodes about last, you know, last episode and then today about the relationship is to help people understand that this doesn't have to be something that you struggle with for five more years. Once you get these shifts on the core level that you need to, then people can change very, very quickly. And the same is actually true in a relationship. And so I wanted to break down a couple of the key components that when I work with people for the 12-week process that I have, What are we doing in these 90 days to make sure that their relationship is uh, shifting into a different place or that that they become in a different place altogether while we're in the process? And sometimes it's shorter than that. I just had a a session, I think it was our sixth session last yesterday with somebody and and they're in a totally different place. And it's, uh, we're winding down. We're going to be finishing. We'll probably do one more session together. So for some people they can, they can overcome the impact of infidelity and trauma and a broken trust within a shorter period of time. Sometimes it takes people longer and that's fine too. But within the 90 days, you can get all the tools in the direction that you need to know what to do that even after the 90 days, you're just implementing, you're just reinforcing and making stronger and, making sure that everything's continuing to be addressed. But if you know what to do, then it's all just implementation, which is great. And so that's, again, my goal for people is, you know, this isn't, I I don't want people to have to feel like they have to come to see me for the next two years. But if I can give you the tools that you need, and even if things aren't perfect, which they're never going to be perfect, you'll know what to do to help foster and continue to create that connection, even after the time that we're, we're finished. It's kind of like the idea you you give a man to fi- you give a man a fish or you teach a man to fish and that's my goal is like I want this to have an end so people can just move forward but then know what to do when bumps inevitably arise. And so for today that's what I want to talk about is give you this 90-day blueprint. And when I work with people over these 12 weeks, this is what we're focusing on. So you can take whatever, you know, I'm going to share with you a handful of different items here. And whatever you're working on, I, I want to give you some feedback or some tools or tips to know how to approach any particular area where you feel like you're stuck. 
So as I think about just this process from start to finish, there's a few elements that need to be in each uh, each person's uh, relationship healing there, on everybody's journey. There's a few fundamental things. And as different as we all are as people, we're all made of the same stuff. In other words, we have the same needs. We have this at our core. We have the same longings. We have the same fears. And so whenever somebody's working to overcome the impact that addiction has had or infidelity or broken trust, there are some crucial elements that must be in place. And so as I was thinking about how I can lay this out for you, the first one that comes to mind is safety. I know sometimes people and myself, I talk about this as well. I use this word safety. And while yes, there's a physical degree of safety that we need to have in place, that's kind of like, uh, I don't know, that's, that goes without saying, right? There, sh- there has to be physical safety. But oftentimes when I use the word safety, I'm talking about it on an emotional level. And so people sometimes when they start this process, they don't really understand what that word means and how to create it. But essentially safety is a sense that you're going to be protected and that you're going to be okay in the hands of the other person. In other words, when you let them in, that things are going to be okay, that you're going to be responded to in a way that's productive, that you can let your wall down, you can let your guard down. And this goes both directions. I know I often talk about safety with regard to the woman and the wife feeling safety because if she's been affected by the husband's addiction, then of course safety is a non-negotiable, but it's also just as important for the husband to feel safe with his wife. And sometimes he doesn't feel safe as a result of their cycle, which is the same, you know, it's true for her too. But sometimes he doesn't feel safe with her because he doesn't feel safe with anyone. And him letting his wall down is something that's so uncomfortable that isn't really a result of his wife and her not being trustworthy as much as he just doesn't, he hasn't had the experience of safety with anybody. So even though his wife is trustworthy and is just dying to have him open up and has been begging for and just seeking so much for his connection. So it's not something that she's doing wrong as much as sometimes he just doesn't have that internal, he doesn't have that model for that. So it goes both ways. And so when we talk about safety, again, putting yourself out there, making, knowing that things are going to be okay. And that if they end up not being okay, having the confidence that you can work through it, because of course, interactions, even if there's safety in a relationship, interactions still go bad. We have bad days and we say things we regret all of that happens, but if there's a general sense of, I know my partner cares about me, I know that they love me, I know I can be vulnerable with them, that's the kind of safety that we're hoping for in a relationship. I remember being at a training and the trainer said, he said, people cannot change unless there's safety. And this wasn't even in the addiction realm. This, this was just a relationship training that I attended previously and I love going to conferences and trainings and just learning new tools and how do I implement and help people just move through the process faster and more thoroughly. And that was the thing that struck me. And I think it applies so much to the work that we do here when it comes to broken trust. And so he said, you cannot change without safety. And then as I think about that, I'm like, yes, that's true. And a reason why that's the case is because if we're in fight or flight, we can't relax. We can't consider new options our brain instantly goes to black and white thinking. And that's a good thing. That's by design. Because if we didn't have that part of our brain that instantly shifts us into threat, it's a fight or flight. 
If there's a threat, I have to run away or I have to fight against it. And it has to be black and white because if I'm unsure about what could be dangerous, if I'm not quite sure if this alarm bell is going off, what it exactly means, our species doesn't survive very long. So our brain has to interpret things in a black and white way and it's going to lean towards negative than positive. Because again, our brain is designed to keep us alive. It's not designed to make us happy. And so whenever there's a perceived threat, whether or not it's actually true, the brain is likely going to code it as a threat just to make sure that we're okay. And so if we're in this constant fight or flight state and our relationship isn't safe, there is no creativity. There is no openness. There is no willing to risk. And unless you're willing to risk, you cannot change. Unless you're willing to try something new, which I guess I'm saying is like a risk, there is no, you, you can't step out of old cycles because you're not trying anything new. And if you're not trying anything new because you're not safe, then that's where couples get stuck. So I think at the foundation level, safety is such a critical thing. I, re- I remember listening to a podcast and, you know, I, I, I view this so differently than other people where I think the relationship work is so critical and fundamental that it shouldn't be put off for two years because you're just losing out on such a, an important and powerful resource. I've talked about this you know, plenty in previous podcasts where the relationship is a resource for people to find a sense of safety. We are hardwired to connect with somebody else. Our, the default of our brain is to expect that somebody else will be there for us. It's this idea of attachment. And so the reason why there's betrayal is because there's a, a breach and a breakdown in the attachment and in the connection between you know, a, a husband and wife or friendships or parent-child. Whenever there's a breakdown, there's a sense of betrayal because there's a break in that connection. And so the idea is that we've, you know, if we want the relationship to become whole again, we have to heal that. <clears throat> and so... In order for that to happen, safety needs to be there. And I've just had so many experiences, I, I guess going back to this podcast that I was listening to, the, the person who was speaking said, it's going to take three to four years in order for a couple to feel safe, in order for her to feel safe again. And when I hear that, I just feel so bad because if that's the, the expectation, that it's going to take three years for you to feel safe, like how discouraging is that? And so when I work with couples, my, my number one target is to help couples create a sense of safety. And that literally can happen in a single session. And so I want to share with you kind of the process, because again, it's so different than other people and how they like to approach things. And whatever way somebody chooses to go is totally fine. I just want to give options for people because some people, if they don't feel safe and they won't feel safe for a long time, there's no pressure from me, but I do want to give you an alternative for those of you who want safety sooner. And so So often when I work with couples, session number one literally is geared towards helping them create a moment of connection so they can start to feel safe. And so I remember working with a new person about a month ago, and that was our goal for that session. They came in, they talked about their cycle, they talked about the pain that they had, that that has been experienced because of the addiction and the negative cycle that then has prevented them from repairing the damage. And so how we did this, and this is where, again, this is I want to give you some feedback on what we're doing in session so you can apply it in your own relationship. How we did this is we helped get underneath the defensiveness and we kind of go back and forth. We spend time with one person, then we shift and spend time with the other person. For this particular session, we spent I spent time with the husband getting underneath his defensive reactions. 
because whenever she shared her pain, he would get defensive, he would shut down, he would avoid, and that would keep them stuck because then she didn't feel safe, she didn't feel like she mattered to him, she felt like she was all by herself in this process. And so my goal is to help couples understand there's so much going on underneath the surface. When a husband becomes defensive, there are reasons why he's doing that. And so the goal isn't to make him feel bad about it because that doesn't help. Like that's, that, that, that undermines the safety that he feels in the, in the therapeutic relationship. So I'm not pushing people to do something or say something and like rubbing their face in like, what are you doing? Why are you being defensive? Can't you see this doesn't work? That, that approach just doesn't work. It doesn't feel good for anybody. It doesn't feel good for me either. And so the goal is to get underneath the reaction to understand why it's happening. And so as we did this with this particular couple, he shared that underneath the defensiveness was a lot of fear. And the fear was if they had these conversations and he didn't know what to say or how to comfort his wife, his fear is that she would continue to pull away from him. She would continue to feel all this pain and not feel close, not trust him, which would ultimately result in her leaving. So he'd become defensive and try to justify what he was doing to talk her out of why she feels the way that she feels, all in an attempt to try to stabilize the relationship. And so if you think about it, it's like, okay, that strategy, most of you know, if you've experienced that, it doesn't work, like it doesn't help create more stability. But once he got underneath the action and expressed how he was feeling in the moment, And then I had him share with her. I said, like, that's a really important thing that she probably doesn't know. She probably doesn't know that you're scared in those moments. She probably doesn't know that you're afraid of losing her and saying the wrong thing and making all of this worse. Can you turn and tell her right now how scared you are in those moments when she's hurting that you're going to mess this up even more? And so he turns to her and shares and says, I'm scared. I know that I've made these huge mistakes. I'm scared of making this worse by me responding negatively. So I just try to end up talking you out of your feelings, which is again, unintentionally like that, that that's unintentionally creating more distance. But he says, but really I want you to know that I'm scared and I don't mean to hurt you. So in the moment that he shares with her, I always like to check in with the other person and I say to the wife, Hey, what do you notice? What do you feel when he opens up like this in a different way? And you hear him share how afraid he is of losing you. And yes, we're acknowledging that strategy that he's using to try to convince you that your pain, you know, you shouldn't feel that way. And it's not, you know, it's not working. But when you understand more about why he's doing it and the fear that's driving that, how do you feel right now when he tells you? And the word that she used was, I feel safer with him right now. So when I think about, you know, people having to wait three years to have a moment like that, I just think there's a different way. And the way to do that is when you can help somebody open up and be more vulnerable and bring their wall down, it helps the wife feel safe in that moment because the feeling changes, the energy in that exchange changes so that she can feel like, okay, he's opening up, he's letting his guard down. I don't have to protect myself right now because I can see he's open. And there's a different feeling here. And she said, I feel safer right now. And so fast forward a couple of weeks. Again, this is one of those relationships where as people are doing the work and just staying close to the process, very, very big things are happening. And it's exciting. We're probably four weeks in right now. 
But after week two or three, they're, they're just like, we just feel different. This just feels different altogether. So safety is at the foundation of everything. So I guess I'm spending a little more time on that one because that's such a critical component. And so please know that when people share and are open and can have those moments of connection, that's where, that's where the safety is found and created. So then the next part of that, so after safety is connection. So that's kind of there. And all of these kind of go, they overlap with one another. But connection and openness is how you create safety. It's how you create trust in part, which is another aspect of this. But connection I think about is like this, it's, a, it's this bond between a couple. And it is the thing that, it, it, it's like emotional super glue where it brings you closer to your partner. You feel seen, you feel loved, you feel like you're important. You feel like you matter, right? That's when I say connection. That's what we're going for. And so often when couples get stuck in these negative cycles where there isn't safety, there is defensiveness, there's blame and upset and anger. And when people get swirled around in those types of interactions, there isn't safety and connection. So we want to create that by slowing the cycles down. So I just touched on that example a few minutes ago about the defensiveness that's, that's there then the wife, you know, she got upset and then would eventually shut down and avoid him because she didn't want to keep feeling bad. So those are the cycles and every couple has one. And so I would encourage you as you reflect on what does it look like when things don't go well in your relationship? That's your cycle. And again, it's usually some variation of fight or flight, right? We get anger, we get angry and loud and upset and critical, or we shut down and avoid and get defensive. And usually one person is the one who distances. The other person is like the one who the, the fight energy comes out to try to fight for the relationship, really. So that that back and forth is somebody's cycle. And so in order to create connection, we have to slow that cycle down and interrupt it by sharing what's underneath the surface. When we share vulnerably how we feel, that creates those moments of connection. And the cool thing is that Again, it doesn't take five years to have good moments together. You can literally have a good moment in a single conversation, in session number one. And the way you can do that is, again, interrupting the cycle, slowing it down to the point where you can share vulnerably. And that's a big part of what I do because people sometimes don't know how to do that or there are too many blocks that get in the way. So in session, then like there's the advantage of me being able to interrupt and really focus the conversation on the thing that moves the needle the most, which is again, vulnerability and sharing. And so I think about when people feel like they haven't been connected in a long time, the coolest thing for me is when we have a session together with a couple and after a long time of them feeling just so off, you can help them, you can, I, I like to facilitate a conversation where they can start to connect in that moment, which is kind of like, it's again, it changes the feeling so quickly. It, I think about it like breathing, right? If you hold your breath and you you know a minute goes by, you're gonna be really struggling. And as soon as you take a breath again and you take you know five slow breaths and you relax, your body completely equalizes again. You go back to homeostasis. The same thing is true in marriage, which is like so good. I'm like it's that's such a good thing that we're it's designed this way <clears throat> that. Even if you've been disconnected for months or literally years, you can have a good moment of connection when you share and can come closer together and better understand one another. It's like catching your breath. It helps to slow everything down and you can get your footing again. So 
We've got safety. We've got connection. We've got honesty. That's the third one. And I'll spend the last little bit talking about these last handful of things. Honesty is like, again, it's a non-negotiable. And I'll oftentimes start out with couples where they say, you know, husband hasn't been honest. There's so many things that I don't know. And then there's these staggered disclosures is what we call them. That's just like information slowly trickles out. And the wife has to ask the perfect question to get the answer that she knows is like she hasn't been getting the truth for. All of that needs to change if couples are going to heal. There needs to be complete transparency and openness and honesty. And I know that's not brand new information. And if ever I share that with a husband, he knows that already too. And so the work that I do in these 90 days with people is to help them remove and work through the blocks that prevent them from being honest. And mostly, usually, it's fear. And so I can't push somebody and make them be honest. But, you know, if he's, I'll work with people who are like, I know I need, husband says, I know I need to be honest. I want to be honest with her. So it's not a lack of awareness. It's a lack of the follow through. And again, my job as I work with people is to try to understand that. I remember working with a couple a couple of months ago. He said he, previous to working together, he'd have his therapist and his therapist would be like pushing him and like, listen, you got you to man up. You got to be honest. Just tell her. And I think to myself, okay, that's like, I get that. But that push strategy, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It didn't work for him. It doesn't work for most people. So the strategy really that helps people be honest is to actually take a step back and uncover, okay, what's making this difficult? Why is this so hard? What gets in the way? And once you work through those blocks, usually again, it's fear. Then it's so much easier for him to be open and honest if he doesn't have this dread about what will happen if he is. That he doesn't have this dread about what it means about him if he shares and his wife gets her feelings hurt and he goes into shame, if he's able to work through those things and doesn't carry that around anymore, then he can be honest, knowing that they're going to be able to work through it, that there's a process to help people repair the damage. So the goal, you know, as you're listening to this, if you're in that situation where there isn't total honesty in the relationship, I would encourage you to take a sec- take a, take some time to reflect on why. What's getting in the way of that? What are the blocks to that? And then address it on that level. Because once you do, then you're able to move forward in a a completely different way. Instead of just trying to push you past the finish line, you can just uncover, okay, what's blocking me from taking these steps naturally? The next one piggybacks on this one, which is trust. And I've spent a lot of time in different podcasts talking about this, so I won't go too deep into this. But trust is a result of feeling safe. It's a result of feeling connected. It's a result of honesty and consistency. So when people have a sense of closeness and they can feel that their partner is present and they can feel that their, you know, women's intuition is strong, they can just get a sense. I can't tell you how many women I've worked with where they can just say, where they tell me, I just knew something was wrong and I couldn't put my finger on it. But then when the truth comes out or when the husband stops compartmentalizing, that energy that he was using to suppress and hide secrets when all that comes towards the relationship instead where he's able to be present and open and transparent and share with her in a different way then she can feel that something is different something changes for her too because she can just tell when something is off 
just like it's much easier after you've had, you know, things have been off for so long. Once things have been off, then they come back on and you have these moments where you can really connect and you feel safe. You, you know what that feels like. And so trust is a result of all of those things. And of course, the action that needs to follow through and there needs to be just consistency. There's not perfection, but just consistency and effort. When these elements of trust are in place, that's when couples are able to have that foundation and then keep moving forward together. The last couple of things are repairing pain from the past. And again, I've done episodes on this before as well, but essentially the idea is that when you repair pain from the past, it just involves validating and acknowledging that pain existed and reassuring and offering comfort. So when couples can have those interactions where the wife turns to the husband and says, you know, I'm really hurting right now. I just, you know, I got triggered. There's this memory that came up or we were watching this thing on TV and it just brought me back to this old place that we've been and the hurt that has been caused by the addiction. I'm just really hurting right now. Then if he were to turn to her and validate and say, I can understand why you're hurting. It breaks my heart knowing that I've done these things, that you're in pain, that what I've done is causing you to feel bad. I just, I, I hate that. And I want you to know that I'm committed to making sure this never happens again. And I want you to know that you really are important to me. And I know in that moment, when I chose those other things, that didn't reflect that. And I'm sorry. Some some interaction like that, some way of acknowledging and validating and reassuring, those are the things that help create closure from the past. And so within this 90-day span, we want to get those tools in place so you can have those conversations, which again, creates more connection. This is where all of it overlaps. Those those moments create more connection. They create more safety. It creates more trust because that's where those bonds are deepened when we have those difficult conversations that, that, that go well. The last piece here in the 90 days that we want to address is also the intimacy. So many people, husbands and wives, both, there's a, uh, there's a damage done in that category as well with physical intimacy. So we want to make sure that we're working through the triggers that, that go along with that and the pain that goes there. And there are images sometimes that come up when people are trying to be intimate. And the way to resolve that is it's, it's through the same process. It's talking through the effect that it's having. It's talking through the pain. It's talking through the fear, the inadequacy that the wife often feels. <clears throat> and the more she's able to share those things and the husband's there to respond empathetically and compassionately and reassure her, and help stabilize the, the feeling in the moment, that's how that part of the relationship is repaired as well. And so I know there's, again, there's so many more things that we can say, and I'll have to, maybe I can do episodes with each one of these as we continue to go on and just share different examples and different tools along the way. But I wanted to at least give you an overview of this is what it looks like within the 90 days. And when couples are doing these things and staying close to the process and working through the blocks that make it difficult to find success in each of these areas, that's when relationships and marriages change. And so if I can encourage you as you're listening to this, thinking about which one of these aspects, whether it's safety, connection, honesty, trust, repairing pain from the past, or intimacy, where do you feel like the, the bottleneck is? And I know it's, it's not so like isolating one necessarily because they all overlap. But as you reflect on this, I would encourage you to pick out an area this week that you can start putting some steps in place, start putting some action in place, to address that area so you can start to get the momentum and then it can cascade into these other areas. But as you address these areas, this is how marriages change and it's such an amazing thing 
for couples to go from feeling completely broken and just devastated all the way through feeling connected and safe and loved and happy again. And these are the stepping stones that I've seen work the best. And so that's why these are the things that I like to prioritize and you know spend a lot of time making content and giving tools about so couples can take this, start to implement this. And then again, the work that I do in session is just helping people get through the blocks because a lot of this might not be brand new information. And so the help to work through the things that are getting in the way, that's where, you know, that's where shifts can happen in session. So I hope that this helps. I would encourage you to take some time and reflect on what part you want to focus on over the next week or so and start, so you can start seeing changes. And then I look forward to future episodes where I can share just more tools about different aspects of this and hopefully help you guys move forward down the path. So thank you so much. I look forward to hearing uh, speaking from you next week and I will talk to you soon. Take care. Wait, before you go, I'm offering free access for my podcast listeners to a course I created. So make sure you go to coupleshealing.org so you can get some tools to start the healing process individually and in your relationship. Or if you want even more support and you'd like to work with me directly, you can contact me with the info that's on that website as well. I'm excited for you to make progress on your journey.